chapter uh, 2 Timothy, in chapter 3. Verse 12, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Have you ever had any persecution because of the Lord? You're staying for the Lord. He said, all that will live, live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Well, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I hear this often. Why do they do this? Why? They're evil men. And they, they shall wax. That word wax means they shall grow worse and worse. They shall increase, getting worser. That's not a good word, but little emphasis here. Brother Ball said, if you know, if you know the difference, it's, it's okay <laughs> to use it for emphasis. <laughs> anyway. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Now what shall we do about this evil generation? And boy, we're in the midst of it. What are we going to do about all this? This is coming down, and this is coming down, and this is coming down. What are we going to do? We got to do now. No, 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 not not for child of God. Continue. No breaks. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. We learned them from Paul, and Paul learned them from the Lord. And that from a child, of course this is written to Timothy, this may not be true of everyone, some may have just gotten into it in adulthood, but this, in this case, Timothy from a child, he has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now what is it that's able to make you wise unto salvation? The Holy Scriptures. Not holy like Roman Catholicism calls it. But the this exclusive writings of God. Scriptura. All scripture, graphe in the Greek, is given by inspiration of God. Theopanustia. Y'all know that word? Theo is God. Panustio, breathe. God breathe into the writers of scripture. And they wrote as they were moved, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Yet they, their personality and their, their lot in life and their education and experience 
did not get destroyed. The Lord wisely, miraculously used all of them in their respective role of life and what, where they had come from to write the scripture. That's why you can tell, you can tell there are styles of writing in the Bible. That's why all of the epistles of Paul, you can detect his, his style of writing. You can detect it in John. You can detect it in all of the writers. They all have their own style. Yet they didn't write freelance. They wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the triune Godhead. And they were moved as that. So all scripture, that's writing, graphe, but our context would not let you say other writings. We're talking about scripture, the word of God. Are there other writings that are inspired like this? Well, you got to be careful. Because the world uses that word inspired. Not like the scripture. They call art inspired. They call a play inspired. Shakespeare inspired. All kinds of poetical works inspired. But not inspired as scripture inspired. This is a unique book. Genesis to Revelation, 66 books. It is a unique book. None other like it, ever. Nor will they ever, there ever be one like it. It is unique in all of its marvelous truths. Somebody said there's truth there. Yeah, well, it's all truth. Amen. Well, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. For reproof. If you reprove somebody, you're telling them they're wrong. For correction. Now you're telling them how to get right. <laughs> and for instruction in righteousness. That would be righteous living. Righteous works. How shall we know how to live a righteous life after we've been saved? You can only know that from the word of God. That the man of God, he's talking to Timothy, but this is not exclusively for Timothy. That he may be mature, Truly furnished unto all good works. This is where we, 
where we are. Now, I'm going to back up here just a little bit. In the year 1517, a German monk, he was a Dominican monk, and keep this in mind, it was the Dominicans that were the engineers of the Inquisition. Why are you talking about that? It needs to be talked about. And he was deciding that he was going to protest his mother church, Roman Catholicism, under the Pope. So he went to the most obvious place, Wittenberg, and he posted his 95 thesis on the palace door, which was a protest against some of the excesses that he called them of the Catholic Church. He had no intentions of leaving the Catholic Church. But You don't do that to the Pope. And so the Pope at Rome immediately put out a hit for Martin Luther. And if he stepped across the border of Germany, he's dead, man. Where do you think the mafia got that? They got it right from Mother Church, Rome. From the popes. They didn't invent the hit. The pope did. So Martin Luther. Inadvertently. Started what what they call. The Protestant. Reformation. Now notice I said. 1517. The Southern Baptist Seminary at Louisville, they teach that we came out of that. They teach it. They're lying, but they teach it. And they should know better. I've been in that Archives of the Southern Baptist Seminary Library. Have you ever been there? That's where all of the old valuable books are. You can't check them out. You can read them there. But you can't check them out. And you have to be clear before you even go there and, and look at them. Nowhere on the face of the earth is there a more valued collection of Baptist books than right there. And I looked, I didn't have a lot of time, but I, I was there one time, and I looked through quite a few of them. And you know what, you know what really struck me 
they all had the library card in the back. And you can see how many times it's been checked out and by whom it has been checked out. I don't think that I encountered one library card that had any names on it. So they've had the teaching. Many people have had the teaching, but paid no attention to it. Now, coming out of the Reformation, the Protestant Reformation, Baptist, true Baptists did not come out of it. We are not Protestants. Protestants are all non-Catholics who trace their origin back to the Catholic Church. And we do not. And I could give you all sorts of testimonies of that. So we're not Protestants. Don't let anybody call you a Protestant. Do you have Baptists on your t- uh, name tag? Your uh, your, your dog tag. I had Baptists on mine. They tried to put Protestant. I wouldn't let them. I raised such a cane, such a stink over it. They went ahead and put Baptist. But they were bound and determined to put Protestant. No, I knew that. I wasn't no Protestant. I learned that. I learned that as a nine-year-old child. I was saved under Brother Walker's ministry. And other than the Bible, the first book I read was The Trail of Blood as a nine-year-old kid. The next one was Pilgrim's Progress. Did they affect did they affect me? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I've never been able to get away from it. Uh, you said, well, boy, you, you sure are you sure are bold about it and all that. Yeah, I am. But I notice that most of my brethren are not. Let me get back to this. Out of the Reformation, there were five things that came out of it that that allegedly all the Protestants agreed with. Sola Scriptura, Sola Christus, Sola Gratia, Sola Fide, Sola Del Gloria. Sola is only loan. Sola Scriptura, only the Scriptures alone. Sola Christus, only Christ alone. Sola Gratia, Only grace alone. Sola fide, only faith alone. Sola del gloria, only the glory of God. Only for the glory of God. I agree. But I don't think they really do. Churches nowadays 
are governed by much except scriptures. When you look at Talk to somebody about their church. How are they governed? What is your controlling factor? The board of deacons? The denomination? How is that church governed? Well... The Protestants say only the scriptures. Amen. That's what they're saying. Well, let's see here. Marketing strategies, entertainment, ungodly alliances with abominable practices. I'm not going to get into this, but I'll mention it. Most churches, even Baptist, even independent, even Baptist, are head over heels in the Christmas, Christmas and Easter. Some of them now even Halloween. I mean, that really takes up a lot of their religious year. Well, can you find that in Scripture for me? Well, no, but people like to do it. What happened to your sola scriptura? Scripture alone. I'll give you another little example here. Now, most of those Protestant denominations either baptize or sprinkle or pour babies. About all of them do. And even some Baptists are getting back into that or getting into that with their uh, uh, naming ceremony, christening thing. Because people like to have something, some big to do made over their people, over their babies. Listen to what Martin Luther, who said he believed in salvation by grace through faith, justification by faith, wrote a book on it and all of that. Why do the Lutherans, now I'm using this term baptized, because sprinkling is not baptism. But it's their excuse for baptism. Here's what they say. Babies are born with original sin. And they need baptism to cleanse them. So that they may become adopted sons and daughters of God. And receive the grace of the Holy Spirit. Sola Scriptura. Now where do you find that? In the Scriptures. And the answer is you don't. 
Well, let me show you. That's, that's not the only one. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist denomination. Now, here's a quote from him. It is certain that our church supposes that all who are baptized in their infancy are at the same time born again. And if infants are guilty of original sin, they cannot be saved in the ordinary way unless they be washed away by baptism. Now that's the Methodist denomination. Now they may say, oh, we don't believe that. But your denomination does. What a Methodist that doesn't believe that, they ought to find out what they're, what they're supporting. Well, let me get you something else here. Here's another from Wesley. It is in order to regeneration, and in the case of infants, to take away their original sin, else they are lost. Now we believe the Bible teaches that the Lord made provision for babies and people who are not right in their minds. But they were redeemed by his blood. You say, well, y'all, some people believe that, that, that they're even lost. The Methodists do. Methodists believe that their babies are lost. We don't believe that. Methodists do. But, oh, well, they go have them sprinkled, and that saves them. Give me scripture on that. Sola Scriptura. Well, Episcopalians. That's scaled down Catholic without a Pope. They came along right after Martin Luther. King Henry VIII started them. Here's at their confirmation service. The priest says, who gave you this name? Talking to an infant. Quote, my sponsors in baptism wherein I was made a member of Christ, a child of God and an inheritor in the kingdom of heaven. That's Episcopalian, baby sprinkling. How about the Presbyterians? This is from their shorter catechism. Quote, baptism is a sacrament of the New Testament, wherein Christ hath ordained the washing in water in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost, 
to be a sign and seal of the engrafting into himself of remission of sins by his blood and regeneration by his spirit of adoption and resurrection unto eternal life. Unquote. And this is Dr. Hodge, Charles Hodge, and other, he writes write some good stuff. But here's what he says about this, quote, We are baptized in order that we may be united to Christ and be made partakers of his benefits. This baptism unto repentance is a baptism that the remission of sins may be obtained, unquote. Quote, the church makes us Christians by the sacrament of holy baptism, which she always held to be of supernatural force for that very purpose, unquote. I've got another one here someplace that I'm missing. Oh. Yeah. Here's Alexander Campbell. Disciples of Christ. Church of Christ. That's where they came from. Quote. I've probably got the book where he said this in. I've got one of the old books there. Remission of sins cannot be enjoyed by any person before immersion. Belief of this testimony is what impelled us into the water, knowing that the efficacy of his blood is to be communicated to our conscience in the way God has pleased to appoint. We stagger not at the promise, but flee to the sacred ordinance which brought the blood of Jesus in contact with our consciences without knowing and believing this immersion is a blasted nut. The shell is there, but the kernel is wanting, lacking, unquote. Oh, our church doesn't teach that. Yes, you do. You just don't know what your church teaches. You ought not to be in a church. You don't know what they teach. Because if you're in a church and they're teaching heresy, you're aiding and abetting that. You're supporting that heresy. So well, my family's always gone here. Uh, you, need to, you need to love the Lord more than your family. Well, then we got one more. Well, let me get to one more on Alexander Campbell. The founder of the Campbellites, or the disciples of Christ, he says it is in order to the remission of sins. As he contends, they, the baptized can only reach the blood of Christ through the waters of baptism. And that's what old brother Royce over at Richmond used to say that a mosquito's got more sense than a Campbellite. He knows where to go to get the blood. He goes directly to the source. He doesn't go through the water. 
But that was Campbellism. Now, so you're just bad-mouthing people. No, I'm telling you what they believe. I'm telling you, they claim to believe the scriptures only, but they don't. Now, of course, the Catholic Church, they're not Protestants. They don't pretend to be. But people say, well, you ought not you ought just let bygones be got bygones and go along with it. In 1545, you can see it was after Martin Luther and Henry VIII started. This was in an effort to cut off the Protestant departure from Rome. And so they had this 18-year-long council meeting. I've read the whole thing. You can get it. You can get it on on the internet if you just Google it. You can get it all up there, and I've read it, and it'll make you sick to read it. But I've read the whole thing. I don't know the whole thing. I don't want to. I don't want to commit it to memory. But I know what it says. Here's first canon. We use the term sometimes, the canon of Scripture. Canon comes from a word that means a measuring read. So canon means authority. We say the canon of Scripture, it is the authorized authority of the Word of God. 66 books, no other Scripture canon. Just this right here. But they call these, they're what they're, whatever they are, dudes up there, what they voted on. They hold the, the doctrine of men, the, the, the uh, uh, tradition of their fathers, church fathers, to be above the scriptures. But now, they don't believe the scriptures first they're like the Mormons and the Jehovah's Falls Witnesses they believe the scriptures after their main books uh, Mary Baker Eddy Ellen G. White they, all, they put those people's writings above the word of God and even the Mormons they say we believe the Bible but only in so far as it's rightly interpreted and they're, they're the only ones that can interpret it Jehovah's Witnesses say the same thing. I don't want you saying that about me. I want you to. Uh, I'm not the official interpreter. Anyway, here's canon number one of the Council of Trent on baptism. You'll listen to this carefully. If anyone saith that the baptism of John had the same force as the baptism of Christ, let him be anathema. Now, that anathema, that's using the Bible, cut off. But that ain't what they said with it. If you was anathema, uh, you're going to die the death. So they say that the baptism of John had nothing compared to the baptism of Christ. Well, number one, Christ baptized no one. 
The Bible plainly says that. In John 4, verse 2, I think it is. So the only baptism that Jesus Christ had was the baptism of John. Hey, Catholics, are you listening? Anathematize me. I could read all these, but canon number five. If anyone saith that baptism is free, that is not necessary unto salvation, let him be anathema. <laughs> canon number seven. If anyone saith that the baptized are by baptism itself, made debtors but to faith alone and not to the observance of the whole law of Christ, let him be anathema. Pretty plain, isn't it? Oh, well, let's just all get along. We're all just alike. <laughs> I don't think so. Not even close. All right. So when they say sola, Scriptura, nah. You hear sermons preached. They're not expositions of scripture. They're opinions. Current events. Culture gurus. Such as Joel Osteen and his ilk. What do we have Apart from the Holy Scriptures, the Word of God. What do we have? Nothing. Amen. And you see what I read here? That the Scriptures are able to make thee wise unto salvation. Nothing else. Amen. So our cardinal doctrine has been, as Baptists, we accept only the Word of God, and specifically the New Testament for church doctrine, for faith and practice. Amen. Now, most Baptist churches, they have that in their doctrinal statement somewhere. Even Southern Baptists have that. But do they do that? Not so. You look at their what they preach and what their practices are. They do not do that. Well, I better hurry. Secondly, sola Christus, Christ alone. I wanted to mention this. Dr. Spock did not introduce us to Christ. Only the scriptures did. But look look quickly at John 14. And this I say is one of the most controversial scriptures that you could possibly read and enunciate in public. And I guarantee you, if you'd go... One time I was given an invitation to come down to the city council meeting and open it up with prayer. Said, so, well, did you go? No, because I read the rest of the letter. 
it plainly said that I could not pray in the name of Christ. I could say God, but I couldn't say Jesus Christ. Anybody that's in the Masons, you don't hear Jesus Christ. If you're in Alcoholics Anonymous, you don't hear Jesus Christ. All of them will say God because God has become a, an umbrella term that Muslims and Hindus, Buddhists, they all can come under that umbrella term, God. Now, if you identify God as we do, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the blessed and only God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, now they can't have that one. But if you just say God, because that's what everybody interprets God to be as they deem him to be. Well, look at John 14, verse 6. These are red letters. Jesus said unto him, I am the Odos, I am the way. The truth, he didn't say a truth, and the life. Well, how is he the life? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by him, and through him and by him all things consist. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and the life was the light of men. But listen to this now. No man. That excludes any exceptions. Cometh unto the Father, but by me. I'll guarantee you, if you read that scripture to where people can hear it, you will create a riot. Don't think, oh, well, we're just going along to get along and we just love everybody. No, go ahead and do that and see how you're loved and accepted. Well, then I wanted to go to uh, Acts. Well, maybe, let's stay at John chapter 3. And this ends up the third chapter of John. And this, these are words from John the Baptist himself. He that believeth on the Son hath, present tense, has, and keeps on having, everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Now I see two classes of people here. Those who believe on the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and they have everlasting life. They're not going to get it sometime in the future. They have it. And those that don't believe on Him, they have the wrath of God abiding on them and shall not see eternal life. They'll see eternal death. Now let's go to the book of Acts. 
chapter 4. Verse 10. Peter says, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you all crucified, whom God hath raised from the dead, that wasn't on Easter Sunday either. Even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Sola Christus. That's what we're talking about now. Now, I'm not sure that you hear all of that enunciated in all of these Protestant churches. I hear some of them on, you know, whatever the thing on the internet. Read some of them. I don't hear them. I hear them pacifying everybody. I hear them giving counsel how to be successful. Why, you can hear that almost any Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, Episcopalian pulpit. How to be successful. How to be happy. Are you happy? I don't know where God ever said he wanted us to be happy. I see where he said, repent or you shall all likewise perish. And the only name given among men under heaven. But that takes in a wide berth. Just how big is heaven? And there ain't another name. For all time and eternity, there's not another name whereby you must be saved. Well, people say, I heard, there's one that says we're a Christ-centered church. We're not Christ-centered. We're a church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I don't think you can make a real case that Armenians are sola Christus. You heard what the Catholics said, didn't you? If you don't declare that not only did you believe in the Lord, but you have to keep His commandments, you're anathema. We believe that salvation is by grace through faith alone. We don't just believe it, we know it. It is not 
by works of righteousness which we have done. Well, and that brings us to the next one, sola gratia, grace alone. Well, if you know what grace is, you might understand this. Grace is the unmerited favor of God, unearned favor of God. Now, to the Catholics, grace is something you pay for. You go and take that holy wafer and let that dude lay it on your tongue. And you get grace. You heard even the Protestants say about getting into the by getting a baby, infant, sprinkled or baptized, you get them in there to receive the grace of the Holy Spirit. How do you receive the grace of the Holy Spirit? When grace is the unmerited favor of God. So, from spiritual death, that's where we are. Dead in trespasses and sins. Under the wrath of God. And that's why John Newton wrote the song. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. And I hear all of them out there in the world, they have stolen that song. All of these funerals and the bagpipers, they always, they do amazing grace, but there ain't nobody that knows what grace is. And they don't know the grace, the amazing grace that John Newton wrote about. He wrote about the amazing grace of God because he was a hell-bound, hell-deserving sinner on his way to, to hell and deserved to go. And God found him with the gospel and brought him from death unto life. Amen. Sola gratia. Sola fide. Faith alone. You see the problem with the Catholics and the Protestants. They don't believe faith alone. They don't believe Scripture alone. They don't believe Christ alone. They don't believe grace alone. They don't believe Faith alone, because they've got something else added. Well, let me just give you on a much lower scale than that. Let's go down to the holiness. Do they believe in salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ? No, they don't. They may, they may say they start there, but that ain't where they end up. You got a hold out. You got to hold on. How many of them teach that you can lose that salvation? They all do. There are some so-called Baptists that teach that. No, salvation is by grace through faith and that alone, nothing else. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved. Through faith, 
And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, that we unto good works that we should walk in them. Through faith, and that not of yourselves. Even the faith didn't come from you. It came from God. And finally, I'll say this. Sola del gloria. Man's interest has replaced God's glory. Oh, we must take care of men. We, we must present ourselves right to people because we got to elevate them. I saw something the other day. Joel Osteen was being interviewed. And somebody asked him, said, you don't, you don't preach that people are lost? Hell no. They feel guilty enough as it is. He said, well, does anybody follow after Joel Osteen? Tens of thousands of people do. They've made that a made him a rich man. And that's what he teaches and they love it. So self-improvement, entertainment, self-aggrandizement uh, have become alternatives to the glory of God. That's why the music's changed, folks. We sing the old songs, the uh, anthems, to God be the glory. Our preaching must be to the glory of God. Everything that we do must be to the glory of God. Whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You say, well, why did he save you? To his glory. For his good pleasure. That's what Ephesians says, isn't it? Paul said in Ephesians. According to the good pleasure of his own will. Jesus said, I've done, I've come to fulfill that which you sent me for. I'm paraphrasing. But he said, every word I've said come from you, God. Everything I did came from you, God. All to the glory of God the Father. Holy Father, glorify me with the glory that I had with thee before the world was. Five solas. Sola Scriptura, Sola Christus, Sola Gratia, Sola Fide, Sola Del Gloria. Yes, we believe those. I just wish you all did. They, you know what I'm talking about.